0: BDR's Prime Resources Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge you need to help your business achieve prime results, with prime being the most flourishing stage or state. Let's do this. Welcome to the Prime Resources Podcast. I'm Matt MacArthur, BDR's Director of Training. Today our topic is generating employee engagement. Joining us today is Chris Cook. Chris is a BDR trainer and head coach who leads our Creating the Next Generation of Company Managers class. Chris, welcome to the podcast.
1: Matt, thank you. I appreciate it and uh, very excited to be here.
0: Well, we are glad to have you. Uh, For our audience, Chris, can you just tell us a little bit briefly about what you do for BDR and then your background in the industry?
1: Absolutely, Matt. Um, as you mentioned, I am a, I'm a head coach. Um, I've been a head coach for about five years with BDR and moved into training about a year ago um, when we created the Next Generation of Company Managers class. Um, so very fortunate to be able to do that. Um, and As a head coach, I work with clients of all sizes, uh, from uh, someone who's, you know, a, a one-person shop all the way up to you know, someone who's doing, uh, you know, tens of millions of dollars and, and uh, growing a different type of organization. So very fortunate to do that and blessed to be able to do that. Um, I've been in the industry since roughly June of 1990. Um, I've held, oh gosh, almost every position in the company except accounting. Um, and the only thing I know about accounting is uh, take good care of them because that's who gets you paid. So, but I've, I've done dispatch and sales and management and uh, it, it's a great industry and uh, very thankful to have, been, to have been a part of it.
0: Uh, and by the way, Chris, we're going to be transferring you to accounting after this podcast is over, so we'll get you that experience. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. The, the good thing is we, we have a great accounting team, so I, I think I think they'd take good care of me.
0: Right on, right on. Well, so we're here to, today to talk about uh, one of the topics from your class, the Creating the Next Generation of Company Managers class, and that is employee engagement. Uh, and that's a term that you know, some people may be familiar with, maybe not be familiar with. Um, I think a good starting point would be just if you could tell us what is employee engagement.
1: Absolutely, Matt. And it sounds like um, kind of one of those soft topics that most of us might be a little bit afraid of, and uh, and it's not. Um, basically, what it is, is it's the level of emotional commitment that an employee has to their company or to their manager. It's, the, it's their ability or their desire to want to go above and beyond for our company and for our customers. And in doing so, they benefit themselves. They typically feel better about what they're doing. And, and a lot of good things happen because of that.
0: Okay. So there's an emotional component to that. Um, are there some ways that uh, – how do you know when someone's engaged? Let me, let me ask you that.
1: Uh, typically it, it means that they're paying, they're paying attention, that they want to do good things for the company and for themselves, that they'll go above and beyond on their own. You know, we don't necessarily have to ask them to take that, you know, last minute service call or do that install on a Saturday morning. It's the, typically it's the kind of person who may come in and volunteer to do that. And they're not doing it just for the money. They're doing it because they know it's the right thing for the company and for the customer.
0: Okay. Now, is that something that, uh, a person kind of has innately you know that they 're born with or or is it something that you can coach or both
1: I think it's both um, I, I think some people are just born with uh, with a strong desire to always go above and beyond, um, but I think a, a lot of people aren 't and they want to know that what they do matters and if I can show them that what they do matters and what they do has an impact. A positive impact then that will create that engagement you know we, we help build that in people by letting them know what 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 happens and what what and sometimes let them know what what doesn't happen if we don't do something you know maybe we can't take care of that customer if they're not willing to come in and help us with that
0: okay so giving them a, a visual or, or not a visual necessarily but a way to visualize uh, the end result of of what they they may be doing, I, I kind of think of makes me think of somebody working on a production line somewhere, and their job is to install widget two, you know, and and that's all they do each day, and they may never see the final product, whatever that is. How does that person stay engaged? What I heard from you is that well, if we can get them a vision of like this is going to end up being a a car or a truck that you're gonna be a critical part of, that gets them some of that engagement.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and that's a great way to do that. If, I'm, if I only see one small portion of an entire process, I may not know what my impact is, or I may not care what my impact is. Mm-hmm. If someone can show me, you know, hey, Chris, when you install this widget in here, if you do that incorrectly, this is what it does to the next three people down the line. If you install it correctly every time, it makes everybody else's jobs go smoother. A perfect example of it, of, of a situation like that, is um, let's say you've got a, a a person in the field. I don't I don't want to call out service techs or installers either one, but someone in the field who who just doesn't care and doesn't fill out their time card right. Well, when that comes into the office, you know, not now the dispatcher can't look at it correctly. They can't get it to payroll to get them paid. Everybody has to go back and go back through and redo a number of steps to get that time card right. So if you show that person that, that filled out that time card, hey, this is the impact it has when you don't do this versus when we do do it correctly, look at the difference that makes. You know, So it it gives them a, a more personal feel as to what their impact is, good or bad.
0: Sure, sure. So I, I can see that having a, um, a big potential impact on callbacks and things like that um, using that approach. Um, is, is that right?
1: Absolutely. Oh, it it's huge what that does for us. Yeah, and and then it's you know, there is a you asked a minute ago how do we tell and um when we built out the class we, we did a lot of research for that and, and one of the things we we found was that you know sixteen percent of employees today are currently actively disengaged in their position. Now it doesn't mean necessarily that they're willfully doing harm to your company or to your customers. It just means they don't care, so they're not giving that next level of support that someone who is actively engaged would provide. So that's that's another reason we really want to be aware of what's happening with our teams and show them the bigger picture.
0: Okay, so that that brings up a great question because I, I, you know, I have no doubt that a lot of our listeners, they probably have at least one employee that maybe um, they recognize when you described them there as. The person that maybe is not engaged doesn't, you know, seems like they don't care. I guess I'd put it that way. Um, how do you how do you recognize that, and then what what can you do about that? Mm-hmm.
1: So to recognize that, usually you'll see attitude. You know, you know they have the aptitude, they have the ability to do it, they just don't want to. So that could be part of it. So meet with them, talk to them, spend time with them find out what's going on it may be something personal that's driving their you know inability to do something or to go above and beyond and when you're working with them on that you know find out what is going on it, and it that's the personal side of what we do that's the soft skills that that some might you know sometimes myself and other people you know may um you know may may struggle with a little bit but we have to work on that and and then to get them into engagement and to get them to better understand what it is Explain it to them, let them know the why behind it, right we got to communicate it. it takes regular meetings it takes spend, it takes spending time with people to find out what's really going on and to help them you know become more engaged and realize how important they are to the organization and to our customers
0: sure now this makes me think of uh, service technicians specifically where they they may not even be coming into the office very often and just if with technicians, are there some signs of uh, engagement one way or the other that, that you could identify um, even if they're not coming into the office?
1: Productivity. Uh, I think, I think a lot of it is, you know, when we're doing our, our happy calls, when we're doing those outbound calls back to our customers to find out how that service call went, you'll find out if they had the right attitude or not. Um, you know, how did they treat that customer? You know, how good of a job do they do at converting um, a new customer over to a maintenance customer? How many accessories are they selling? You know what kind of things are they doing that the one drive revenue and drive opportunity, but it also drives customer satisfaction and customer loyalty, right which is what we want. We want those customers to stick with us. so if if we're engaged and we're taking care of them from the field side, those customers will be happier. They will stick around. They will sign a maintenance contract with us. They'll give referrals, right? The, the greatest compliment you can pay any company is to refer you to your friends and family. So if, if I'm getting referrals and getting five star reviews from that one service tech, they're probably engaged in their job. They probably love what they do.
0: Okay. I think that's a huge uh, point to really draw out a little bit because, um, you know, for, uh, as you said at the start, employee engagement, just that term kind of is one of those soft things that uh, maybe some people are thinking, yeah, that sounds great, but I'm not sure what that really does for me, you know, Um, but I think you pointed out a bunch of great stuff that, that if the employees are engaged, they treat the customers better. And if the customers are treated well, they are more likely to refer us you know they're more likely to buy another product from us um and so i think it's important to uh to highlight that of how employee engagement really it can help the bottom line it's not just this soft thing that that we're talking about
1: that's exactly right it absolutely will help the bottom line and and another statistic that we found from gallup was you know employees who exercise their strengths on a daily basis are 8% more productive and they're six times more likely to be engaged. But more importantly, they're also 15% less likely to quit their job. So they're going to stick around. So we want to keep the good ones. That's one of the ways is making sure they know the impact they have. and They're going to stick around they're, They They want to be a part of something bigger than themselves.
0: Sure, sure. So but let me ask you this, Chris. Um, so employee engagement, does it mean the employees got to be happy all the time and we've got to um, you know, chase them around, make sure is everything okay? Hey, how are you feeling today? Is you know, is it that or what is it?
1: No, actually, um, believe it or not, it doesn't necessarily mean your happiness, right? It, it, because I can still be happy at work and not be productive. I can say, you know what? I love my job. It's the best job in the world. No one pays attention to what I do and no one cares. So I don't <laughs>
0: have to do anything.
1: Right. So I can be happy and not be productive, you know, and, and the same goes with, I can be satisfied in what I do right? I'm satisfied with the company. It just kind of goes along status quo. But when, you know, someone approaches me at the parts house and says, hey, Chris, I'll give you two bucks an hour in that shiny new, you know, van over there, I'm going to jump ship. So it doesn't necessarily mean I'm satisfied either. It, it Again, it, it means that I, I know I'm tied to something bigger than myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the. Helping folks see the big picture, but it may not mean they don't have to be happy every second that they're on the job. Um, It might be more that uh, for some people it might be that they're challenged or it might be that they see a career path, you know, or or there's some other things like that, that, that lead to engagement.
1: Absolutely, Um, Matt, a a well-defined role, you know, so knowing what my job description is, knowing what my daily tasks look like. Those are great things because if I know what those are, then I know how to succeed and I know what it takes to advance in my role or advance with the company. You know, um, many years ago when I was in a dispatch role, I made a comment to my boss that, that I wanted to know everything about the department so he could never fire me. And his comment back was, Chris, if I can't fire you, I also can't promote you. And that was a pretty poignant statement to me to learn my role. But also learn what was bigger than me and what else was out there and learn training, learn how to get other people engaged so they could do my job so I could move on to do other things. Uh, And that. Oh,
0: sorry, go ahead. uh, Well, that was I found that interesting and I wanted to talk a little bit more about. um, Okay, so what what is the owner's or the manager's role in promoting engagement? Maybe that's where you were going to go.
1: It, it is and and it ties back to what I was going to say next to was you know was having relationships with colleagues is very important you know i, I part of my well defined role is I know what I need to do, but I also know how that impacts others you know, and I want relationships with with my colleagues, right I want to have positive interactions with people that's another part of it you know is knowing that and and so a part of the management team is knowing that and not necessarily managing those relationships but certainly you can't put up with gossip you know we've got to watch the naysayers a little bit and and make sure that everyone is you know riding for the brand right we want to make sure that you know and and the company we were formatted is is incredible at that right we all bleed bdr blue you know we all ride for this brand and we do anything we can for our customers for our clients you know for and whether that be distribution, whether that be, you know, a dealer, whether that be anybody, I mean, we will do anything we can to do that, you know, and that's a huge part of engagement also is knowing that.
0: Got it. Got it. Um, well, let me ask you this, Chris. I I just happened to be having a conversation with a friend of mine earlier this week, and um, he's had to hire a number of people here recently. And uh, at his company, you know, everyone is working from home, and so we got into a, a long conversation about, well, how do you how do you connect with those people that are new to your company? It's one thing that maybe you've have an established relationship with them, and then not only are they new to the company, but you, you might not be in physical proximity. You might be seeing them over a, a computer screen. Um, are, are there some things you can do in those situations or, or are the same principles apply? Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely, Matt. And and yes, the, the same principles do apply. The, the, well, similar, right? There there is still a difference between a face-to-face meeting, you know, versus doing something over um you know any number of the, the Zoom or go-to meeting or any, you know, FaceTime, any of the number of things that are out there. But the the key is don't lose sight of that interaction, right? Still schedule your meeting, still have that you know face to face just via the web you know on you know whatever your normal meeting schedule would be we've got to stick with it you know we as managers and owners have got to drive that process we can't let that slip if for the sake of anything you know um so i have to continue meeting with my team i have to continue talking to them you know th- that open door policy didn't change just because it's my home office now versus my regular office you know i still have to be available to people and 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 even more so now, you know, in the absence of communication, people will make up their own story. And generally it's worse than what reality is. Mm -hmm. So now even more so than ever before, we've got to stay ahead of things and continue talking to our team and and let them know things are going to be okay. We're going to get through this, whether they be remote and and, and that's at any time, right? We have remote workers. So we've got to continue that level of communication.
0: Okay. So um, you mentioned meetings. Can you give us some guidelines about, um, you know, take a service manager for example. Well, what kind of meetings should they be having with their team? How often? How does that work? So,
1: at, at a minimum, I think you need to do a, a, a you know a team meeting with everybody at least once a month. Um, and and talking to what I think you should go over in those meetings is. You know, let's let's talk about the good things, right? We want to start with something positive. Um, you know, let's throw a couple of wahoo's out there. Maybe we had a great accessory sale, or you know, a, a great referral, a five-star review, something like that. And then in between, I want to do training. I'm going to talk about, you know, maybe we had a callback, right? How do we, how do we turn that callback from something negative, which is inherently what we think they are, into something positive? Let's turn it into a coaching opportunity so that we don't have that same callback in the future, right? We want to do that. We want to talk about our accessory program. We want to talk about you know why we should be offering you know lifetime system enhancements to our customers. Let's talk about how to turn a lead over. You know, we want to talk about our maintenance program. We want to train, right? It's 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 continual training and then we're going to close out on a positive note. I want to, I want my team leaving you know charged up, fired up and, and and ready to go take that hill for us, right? That that's their goal in life is to do that. And and it's a little bit different if we do it remote versus doing it in person, but the importance doesn't change. In fact, it's more important, you know, to do that. So that's that monthly um at at least once a month if not every other week i'm a huge believer in in one-on-one meetings you know find out what's going on find out what the good and the bad right because now i can also help continue to drive you know what our opportunities are for people show them the you know the, the what ifs you know hey if we if we sell one accessory a month now or one accessory a week or you know one extra maintenance agreement a week what's that revenue opportunity look like for that service technician in the form of SPFs, you know, and same with our installers. I want to be able to talk about that with them also, but I'm also going to set expectations. You know, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're going to do going forward, you know, get agreement on that, get buy-in on that and move that forward.
0: Okay. Yeah. And one of the themes I'm kind of hearing here is, is connection, you know, you, having meetings, um, Staying connected to people is a well. My what I'm hearing from you is that that's a big part of getting this employee engagement and maintaining it and, and building a culture um, around it. And I think that can be challenging for a lot of uh, people. You know, I'm thinking of myself here as as a manager. I've got a few people that I I manage, and uh, it's easy for me to really get lost in my own tasks, you know, of the things I've got to get done. And, you know, I'm, I'm guilty. Sometimes of looking at my team as like, these are the things you're supposed to do. I'm not really connecting with them. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that connection piece and how a manager can, can do that and, and how that ties into engagement?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and Matt, I, I, um, uh, I, I imagine at some point some, some of the people I've worked with in the past are hoping to listen to this podcast and go, wow, this guy has grown up a lot since I knew him. Uh, because I struggled with that too at times. And and it was finding out too, I guess it was myself learning what engagement meant and that my team wasn't going to figure it out through osmosis. Just because I thought I knew something or thought I wanted something done, how would my team ever know that if I didn't actually communicate it to them? So that, that was... Probably one of the biggest things i I learned through all this was that I have to learn to communicate on my own and it's and it's my own terms right but it's also you know understanding the personalities of our team and how they how they may see things or how they may perceive things, so the tone may change I may change up my message, I may change up my tone a little bit with different people that I work with or that i that are you know that I'm meeting with because not all of us learn the same way, not all of us listen the same way and You know, and sometimes a a word I may use with one person or tone I take with one person, if I said that to another person on my team, I may completely freak them out. So it's, it's being aware of who our different teammates are and, and how they, um, how they receive the message, I guess would be, be one way to do that. And, and that's a, it's a balancing act we have to learn as managers and owners is, is to change up who we are based on our audience. It's, I, I guess the end of it be, know your audience is what that would be, would be a big part of that
0: okay know your audience. I think that's a great uh, uh little tagline for for our for our audience um <laughs> here on this podcast um so we we talked about this a little bit I'm gonna give you kind of a two part question here and and circle back on something um w- w- number one what do you do when somebody is clearly not engaged and and then Number two, um, how do you know when there's not any hope, you know, or you have to make a a tough decision?
1: Absolutely. And and that's a hard part and to to know on that when to make that tough decision. But but if someone's not engaged, what do you want to do is you want to spend time with them, meet with them, find out what's going on. But the bigger thing is, and, and again, I'm not I'm not trying to say let's just have a warm and fuzzy conversation. That's not the point of it. Um, what I want to do is I, I'm going to start forming accountability. I'm going to let them know what the expectation is. I'm going to make sure that they're fully equipped and have the tools to do the job, and then I'm going to start holding them accountable to that. I'm going to ask direct questions. You know, I'm going to provide training. Have them restate those expectations back to me. Hey, this is what a great service call should look like. This is what a great installation should look like. This is what a great service call should look like on the dispatch side of when we enter that. You know, and I'm gonna follow that up with them continually to make sure that they do understand it. You know, and, it and it doesn't mean micromanage, it doesn't mean I'm gonna put my thumb on them and watch them every minute of every day, but I'm gonna trust but verify that what we've asked is happening. And I'm gonna do that through regular check-ins. And if I see them start to change and get better, wahoo, right, I'm gonna give them more power, I'm gonna give them more authority to keep making more decisions and keep expanding in their role. If they don't, and I see them <laughs> either staying the same way or getting worse, I'm going to bring the reins in a little bit tighter, and, and unfortunately, sometimes it may become to the point where the reins have gotten so tight that there's no movement for either one of us, and I have no choice but to make that tough decision. And and when I say that, I don't say this isn't a you know necessarily a one month or a three month or a one year thing. It, it kind of you'll know it kind of on how you feel, um, and that's a hard thing to answer. And I and I, and I know that's so <laughs> why I apologize to all of our listeners going into that conversation, but. But you have a pretty good idea when you when enough is enough, you know, and what you don't want to do is hold on to that person for so much longer after you've kind of come to that decision that when you finally do make that decision, there's nothing worse. And I've had it happen to me once or twice, I guess I'll admit to in my career was when I finally did make that decision to let that person go. When someone else walks up to you on your team and says, gee, Chris, thanks for finally doing that. It meant you probably held on just a little too long, you mm-hmm. know? And and, and so of note to self, you know, you don't want to become so callous that the first time there's an issue, you just cut them loose because that's not right either. It's too hard to find good people, but I, I, don't, I guess you just know when you know, but, but you've got to give them every opportunity to win. And if they're not going to take, take that opportunity to win and you're feeding it to them, then eventually you have to make a choice
0: yeah and i was uh coached uh once upon a time by one of my business mentors um to change my perspective in those situations a lot of times if you've got somebody that that is not engaged and and not happy at your company by letting them go you might actually just be freeing them you know where they they almost just needed that push, and and to go do something else that's going to be a better fit for them. And that's something that has helped me um, through the years, looking at it from that perspective.
1: That's absolutely true, and and I can tell you, I think every single person I've ever let go or that quit on their own because we weren't the right fit, every time they went somewhere else, probably ninety nine out of a hundred, it was a much better fit in that next role. You know, we for whatever reason we just weren't the right fit, whether it be our company culture whether it be just personalities, something changed and it wasn't going to work. And if that's the case, why would you ever want to stay in a relationship that you don't want to be in? Whether that be a company or anything? You know, and and you're right, Matt, sometimes when you do move on with that, you're right. Ninety nine out of one hundred, they are much better off. You know, they find something better. It's a better fit for them.
0: Yeah. And so let's uh, you mentioned uh, company culture there. Um, maybe, you know, even going beyond employee engagement, I think if you got in, engaged employees that, that helps, uh, build a culture that you're, you're trying to, to develop. But, um, what can you tell us about company culture and, uh, you know, things, give us some guidelines on, on what a good company culture is and what people could shoot for.
1: Absolutely. It, I think a, a big part of company culture is, is, a well, you can just feel it when you walk in, right? It, it, and it means everybody within there understands what their expectations are, they understand what their employees are, what everybody else's expectations are. I think it's a team that holds each other accountable. You know, um, if you're in a company with a strong culture that believes in their values and believes in their mission and believes that they're all you know, fighting for the same thing, you know, if you bring somebody into that organization that doesn't fit that, they won't last. They can't survive the culture. They won't be comfortable in that environment because they know they won't get away with things that, that don't fit what the team wants. And, and it's a lot of work to get to that point, but when you get there, it's incredible. I mean, um, I, you know, my, my last service manager, the last company I worked with, you know, his term for it was swagger, right? You'll know those companies that have swagger because they have a solid company culture. You know, they carry themselves differently than maybe somebody else does but it's because they know, they're riding, they know it's something bigger that they're doing, you know, that they're making a change in people's lives, whether that be their customers, whether that be their employees, whether it be through you know, community service that they do, there's a lot of things. But culture, is, it's, it's a little bit hard to build because you know, it, it, it means being um, consistent in what we do. It means delivering the same message all the time and it's incredibly easy to destroy. So you wanna be aware of people within your own company that they're living your values. That, that's probably one of the biggest things we can do to create a culture is know our values and live them and believe them.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, as you know, one of the things we do at BDR is we we every time we meet in in, um, in a group, we look at our mission, our vision, our values and kind of restate them and, and, and make sure everybody's in on them. And, and even at times like during business planning, look at them more critically and say, is this still what we stand for? um yeah i'm totally agree with that and that's been a big part of uh, bdr people have have wanted to come work for bdr just based on our mission our vision and the values that the company has not even knowing much beyond that
1: that's exactly right it, and if we hire based on those values if we make decisions based on those values as long as they're as long as again they're they're accurate and we believe in them you can't lose you, you, that like that's that culture that's that's creating an opportunity for everyone to know what we want to do. Right? Why are we here? How do we do things? That's a huge part of that.
0: Cool. Well, let's uh, let's circle back to uh, employee engagement a little bit. You know, we've talked about the importance of communication, connection, having those meetings on a regular basis, being observant. Um, you are also in addition to you being a trainer for BDR you're also one of our head coaches and so you work with uh dealers and contractors from across the country you know without naming any names are, are there any examples um from your client base that would you'd say boy they they've done some interesting things to to generate employee engagement or they have a great culture that because of this reason just some some examples like that.
1: Absolutely, um, and and it can go both ways, right? One of the biggest things is our own mindset as an owner. You know, it, we could be a, a a small, you know, three or four person shop, um, but if you think big, you become big. You know, and, and and big can be whatever you want it to be. It may be it may be doing a million dollars in revenue, it may be doing thirty million dollars a year in revenue. it Depends what you want, but don't limit yourself in how you think is probably one of the biggest things. Um, when it comes to that and the other side of it is, you know, with, with building a, a great culture is it's owners that are engaged themselves, right? They pay attention to what's going on and, and it's, it's getting out there with the team and, and, you know, making sure they understand that you understand their job, right? How hard it is to be a service tech or an installer, you know, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things is, is don't lose sight of what your team does, you know, just because and, and another example that would be that goes the other direction is, um, you know, I, I worked with a company at one point in time when they promoted a new manager. Um, his his mindset went to the fact of I'm now the manager. I don't have to do X, Y or Z anymore. I'm going to put my feet up on the desk and just manage my people. That's not how that works at all. And if, in fact, when you get promoted into that role, your job probably just got twice as hard, you know, because everybody is watching out for you. So, you know, the one of the greatest things you can do to continue building that culture is know that people are watching. And if you continue to go above and beyond, so will they.
0: Wow. That, that was a, that was an eye opener for me there, Chris. Um, Talking about that. Yeah. As a manager, as an owner, you've got to be engaged personally. (laughs) How can you expect your employees to be engaged if, if you are not? Um, So let's, let's talk about that uh, briefly here. Um, You know, it's tough being an owner. It's tough being a manager. There's uh, there's a lot of stress that goes with that. We're busy. Our days are full. We've got to worry about our team members. You know, trying to help them uh, achieve their goals and the company goals. So from now, from the angle of an owner or a manager, what happens if you're you got one of those days and you're just not feeling it? You know, how do you make sure you come in and and actually get engaged so that the that's what the team sees even on those days you might not be feeling it
1: absolutely matt and uh, I, and i i think back to probably more than one day where i would walk out of my office and and if anybody knows me i i always joke about the fact i have an overly tall forehead i i do have a pretty good head of hair but i have a, you know it, it's thinning back a little bit and part of that was because i would walk out of my office on a stressful day and i'd rub my forehead well, the image that portrayed to my entire team was, oh my gosh, what's wrong? So we have to be aware of those kind of things. And, and sometimes it might mean just giving yourself permission to go walk around the block. Go, go, go get some fresh air yourself for a minute and get yourself in that right frame of mind. You know, I, I, I talk about it in coaching and we talk about it with our sales team and, and even our service techs or installers. If that last call didn't go the way you wanted it to, do not take that out on your next call. Even if that means pulling around the corner and stopping for a minute, and you know maybe it means cranking up the music for a minute and getting your brain straight. Maybe it means turning the music off and getting your brain straight. But do something to forget about what just happened, right? Learn from it, but don't take that into your next call or your next meeting. Right? We've got to we've got to take a minute and get ourselves back in that right frame of mind. That's probably one of the biggest things we need to do. And. And sometimes it's harder than others. And I admit that. Right. And, but like I said, go out and take a 30 second walk or a one minute walk and, and get some sunshine or, you know, in, in Seattle at certain times of the year, get some rain on your face for a minute. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but do something to, to help shift out of that funk is probably one of the biggest things we can do.
0: Okay. Yeah. That brings to mind a, a memory I've got of, uh, one of BDR's founders, Barry Burnett. He had, um, uh, uh, on the outside of our office door, before you even enter our office, you, you come into the building, and then before you go into where the offices are, there was a little framed uh, <laughs> picture, and all it said was, be prepared to engage your brain. And and that was his reminder, so that every day that he was coming into the office, he would look at that, and that was his trigger, You know, that's how he got into the right frame of mind, knowing like, okay, I'm entering the door. I'm crossing the threshold here. I I need to put my game face on. I need to bring some positivity. I need to engage my brain, be ready to go. Um, So I always uh, admired that about him, that he had that, had thought through that and built that way for himself to make sure he was on point. Be prepared to engage your brain.
1: And I know Matt. I know exactly where that sign sits. Um, when you come up the top of the stairs and come in that door, it, it, it hangs right there still. And, and uh, you're right. And that's that's a big part. And, and um, many years ago, I went to see a, a client for the first time, and I went into his office, and he had a sign up that said, "The right to speak must be earned by having something to say." And and I always liked that too because it meant the same thing. Don't just talk for the sake of talking, right? There's there's, there's just why waste people's time with that? So, but uh, but I like that. And there's a lot of truth to that. And and some days it is tougher than others, or some days are easier than others, right? Some days we're just on. You, know, you can just feel it. And and mm-hmm. some days we do struggle a little bit. But those are the days when it comes to the end of that day, take a look at it and figure out what happened, you know, what what did go right and what did go wrong for the day. And okay, and how do I how do I coach myself through that or coach one of my team members through that, you know, so that we don't have that same experience again. And and uh, one of the things that, that I like to joke a little bit about is, um, you know, I, I'm a very positive person for the, you know, most days. And, uh, you know, I like to think about it, no matter how bad my day went, I, something in my day had to have gone right, you know, and, uh, and yeah. it, it, it might be, you know, maybe I just, maybe I got my shoes on the correct feet. That was the only <laughs> thing that went right for the entire day, but something did go right. So, you know, it, and that's a, like I said, something went right for the day. Just try to remember what those things are and, and build on the things that didn't and and coach your way through them.
0: Right on, that's great advice. Um, so we've, we've covered a ton of ground here on employee engagement and culture and related topics. Um, before we uh, get going here, I wanted to just, can we just circle back to the benefits of, of employee engagement and just kind of restate um, some of the great things that can happen if you have uh, engaged employees.
1: Absolutely, um, they're going to feel empowered to do their jobs, to do the right things. They're going to want to go above and beyond both for themselves, for your customers, and ultimately for your company. So at the end of the day, we all grow and we all do great things, you know. And um, it it just creates an opportunity for people to excel, right? And for all of us to grow. I think it's probably one of the biggest things it does. Yeah. We and build that, better relationships and better businesses. So
0: Yeah, and then it becomes a a fun place to work when you've got that sort of environment.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and, and one last statistic I'll throw out there is uh, and again this came from Gallup was um you know teams with high employee engagement rates are twenty one more product twenty one percent more productive than those with low engagement. So at the end of the day, we get more done, we feel better about what we've accomplished. And we go home happier too.
0: Right on. Yeah, I think I think that's a a great way to look at it. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast here. Any final thoughts for our audience?
1: Um, stick with it. You know, even on the bad days, um, you know, you know, and like I said, try to remember what what went right and coach your way through the other ones. You know, it doesn't always mean we're happy, but it means we're you know we're doing the right things and we know we're part of something bigger than us and and stick with it you know and and don't be afraid to don't be afraid to get others involved when you need help it's probably one of the biggest things that 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 comes with that also
0: all right and so um, tell me more about that get others involved who who should they go to
1: as a manager or an owner um, it it may be it may be going to your own business coach or to someone else a mentor you have as an employee go to your owner or your manager you know, get help from them or as a manager and owner, you've got to get your team involved. You can't do it all by yourself. It's it's nearly impossible to do it all by yourself. So don't be afraid to to get help. You know, give, give guidance to your team, hold them accountable to it, help them get your stuff done. You know, at the end of the day, if we've got a $10 million business plan come January 1st, it's not the owner that's going to get that $10 million in revenue done. It's their entire team that's going to get that done. So I have to go to them for help. I've got to go to them, accept the expectation, set the game plan in place and coach them to it. So that we know at the end of the day, we're going to win.
0: Absolutely. And then if they're engaged, you know, you know, you're going to get to that destination that you're shooting for. Um, Absolutely. Well, Chris, again, thank you. Appreciate you joining us uh, as we've talked about generating employee engagement here today. Um, So I will thank you. And uh, for our listeners. Until next time, thank you for listening and join us on the next edition of the Prime Resources Podcast.